Hello, welcome to Book Talk. This is your host, Anthony Morore. And at Book Talk, we get to have authors come and tell us about their book. And today, this is no exception. We have one great guest with us. His name is Toby Travis. And I'm going to welcome him to the show. Welcome to the show, Toby. Thank you, Anthony. My pleasure. Appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and your listeners. Yeah, it's great to have you on our show. Now, for you, the viewers, Dr. Toby knows what he's talking about. And this is what he's going to talk about, trust, and especially in, in institutions. Now, Dr. Toby has been an educator for many years. He's a school superintendent right now. He's an adjunct professor at a university. So he's got all the experience with trust and in leadership, he's a leader. So uh, he's authored a book called Trust Ed, The Bridge to School Improvement. And this is what we are going to be dealing with at Book Talk today. Welcome. Now, to begin with, Dr. Toby, we would like to know much more about you. I just mentioned just a few things. So tell us a bit more uh, of yourself uh, before we come to the book. Well, um, I think as I've discovered uh, with many educational leaders, we didn't start here. Yeah. Uh, and it's true for me. Uh, really, uh, my work in and with schools is, is kind of a second, third career even. Uh, I have a, a corporate background, a nonprofit background. So my experience in leadership actually has been quite varied. Um, but then you know, developed a passion for teaching and was a classroom teacher as well. And then kind of, you know, walked up, you know, through the ranks of, of the school uh, as a coordinator, then a principal and then a head of school and, and, uh, and now superintendent the, the last years. But my passion has always been developing others. And, um, and, and really, that's that's really where we find the best of leadership happens. It's where um, leaders understand it's not about them. It's about the people you're working with. It's about the team that you're developing. Or as a teacher, it's about the students that, that you're, you're pouring yourself into and developing. And those, those are all trust issues uh, is what I've discovered, both through practice, observation, and even the research. Okay. And uh, so this this passion for understanding the absolute essential of trusted relationships, no matter what our work is, it, it is the foundation of any, any measurement of success. Oh, and I like the fact that you focus on developing individuals because uh, many of us are mistaken uh, by the fact that organization, institutions, or anything out there is not just a structure that moves. Right. It's moved right. by people, by individuals. And if we don't build these individuals up, if we don't encourage them, if we don't uh, support them, then the organization or institution falls. And everything rises or falls on leadership. Thank you, John Maxwell. Yes, that's, yeah, that's correct. John says that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, in the book, I talk about how teachers are the essence of the school. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and when we talk about, you know, school improvement, we talk about developing a school. We're not we're not talking really about a facility or technology. I mean, those are important elements that can support the success of a school. Mm -hmm. But the school, its essence is the teachers. Same in the corporate setting. The essence of the business 
are the employees or is the employees. It's you want a good product or service in the end, but you're not going to get there if you don't understand the high value of the people who are actually doing the work. And so when we focus on ensuring, again, in the school setting, that teachers are well-supported, that they have opportunities for their own improvement and growth, that they are well-resourced, that's where we then see high levels of student engagement, parental satisfaction, community support. I mean, all those things are benefits of a trusted relationship between the school leadership and the teachers. Oh, beautiful. And now in your book, I mean, you give it the title, uh, Trusted, yeah, but you say the bridge to school improvement. Why the bridge? Well, actually, I always like to give credit to my wife. She came up with that analogy. I had completed my my doctoral program and had all this research. And I'm like, okay, how do I communicate this? How do we visualize this? And actually, it was Tanya said, well, sweetheart, isn't it kind of like a bridge? And it is. So as school leaders, we see all these challenges that we have to cross to get our school and our school community from where they are to where we desire them to be. So again, mm-hmm. thinking about school improvement, how do we continually get better? Well, you know, we have a river of things that can really impede how the school gets from where we are to where we want to be. Yeah. We need a bridge to get across. And largely what's in that river is a lot of distrust, a lot of broken relationships, broken promises, uh, unmet expectations, a lack of support, all kinds of frustrations. And you as an administrator or leader may have inherited it, you may have caused some of it. And so how do we build a bridge across that? Well, you do that through Mm -hmm. building trust. And then so then we look at what are the components of trust? Because we use a small word to describe a very complex issue. Mm -hmm. You know, often in trainings, you know, we'll do, we'll create a word cloud. And I'll say, give me three words to describe what you think of when I say trust. Mm -hmm. And Anthony, they'll fill the board with all kinds of words and phrases. And what you realize is trust is complex. Uh And so, you know, in the research, what we identified is there are six major components to trust. Okay. And so this also, when we start talking about those components, a way to visualize it is to talk about it like you're building a bridge. Yeah. And, And I won't go through the whole analogy, but as an example, a bridge must have a solid foundation. Right. So you you can't do anything without a solid foundation. Well, in leadership, the foundation is what we're talking here about beliefs and values. Okay. What do we really believe in a a school setting about education, about the role of leadership, about the role of teachers and parents and students? What are our values? What are what's our pedagogical beliefs? In other words, what do we believe about good teaching? These things have to be known. They have to be clear. They have to be articulated. And when we look at that element of how our foundation to trust, Mm -hmm. our beliefs and values, that gives us a place to start and also to kind of assess where our foundation is at. And then there are other elements to a bridge. So the substructure of a bridge, that those components on the bottom side of the bridge, is all about connecting everything Mm -hmm. to the foundation. In leadership, that's all about us connecting everything we do to our beliefs and values. Mm -hmm. Because where we lose trust is when we say we're one thing, but we're not consistent in our practice, our policies, our protocols. If they're not consistent with what we say we believe, we're not gonna be trusted. And and on it goes, the the deck of a bridge, the the part that we drive across seems simple, right? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, if you actually study the construction, the architecture of a bridge, mm -hmm. it's very complex. Yeah. But our experience should be simple. We should know what lane we're in. The marking should be clear, right? Same thing in leadership. Yeah. There needs to be clear vision, clear direction. Mm -hmm. Trusted leaders take complex and make it simple. And there's clarity. There's order. And so what we have developed or what I had the privilege of developing is something that we call the trust ed framework for school improvement. Okay. And we use these six components to both assess where we at as school leaders, but then mm -hmm. also to develop school improvement plans based on developing trusted leadership. Because when the leadership is trusted, again, there's all these benefits that come with it. Make sense? Yeah, makes sense. So in actual fact, what we are focusing right here is not the entire system of the school and the parents concerned. It's basically the leader because this is the most important person in the organization. So it's developing the leader to use these components of um, uh, uh, that, that we are talking about so that trust can be restored if, where it's been lost. Exactly. Yeah. The number one indicator, so this is the research, the mm -hmm. number one indicator of school success is trusted leadership. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting, Anthony, it doesn't seem to matter how we measure or define success. So if we say, okay, school success is best determined by student achievement levels. Mm -hmm. In those schools where we have the highest levels of student achievement, we also have the highest levels of trusted leadership. Yeah. Let's say we, we rate school success by teacher retention levels. In the schools that have the highest levels of teacher retention, mm -hmm. we have the highest levels of trusted leadership. And what we find is there's a direct correlation. And this is true for community involvement, uh, the use of discretionary time and energy. So this is volunteerism. Yeah. Um, but we see financial support, the private school sector, when they're doing fundraising, the highest levels of financial input, community input, um, again, teacher retention, student success, they're all directly connected to trusted leadership. And if I may, and here is the problem that I've come across. Yeah. We know this, and actually 90% of, of educational leaders know this. Mm -hmm. This research isn't new. Yeah. Um, my work has been, okay, how do we assess it and how do we intentionally improve it? So we've known this. Very, very, very few schools are actually investing in intentionally developing mm. trust in their mm -hmm. leadership. Yeah. They're assuming it's some sort of soft skill that either you have or you haven't. And it just isn't true. It okay. is a skill set to be developed. There are specific competencies that we can train ourselves and develop ourselves in to increase the levels of trust. And when we do so, the benefits are huge. And when we focus on other school initiatives like a literacy program or a math program or some new pedagogical strategy, if we don't deal with the trust issue first, what we've discovered in the research, over 90% yeah. of those other initiatives are short-lived. Okay. They don't last. Yeah. And this is why in schools, they're constantly trying something new because they're not dealing with the root issue. Mm -hmm. And that's the level of trust between the school leadership and the teachers, students, and parents. Oh, thank you very much. And just something that I'm questioning here, and, and I know that some of us understand something that we are being directed into, something that we are being explained into by knowing what is exactly the opposite of that. Now we are talking about trust. 
what is mistrust? What is that lack of trust in an institution? I mean, what do you get to find the leaders doing or with the parents or the students? Can you give us a clue of what is a lack of trust? And then now here where we are bringing back trust. Well, think of any kind of change management or again, improve an initiative that a leader is trying to engage the school community in. And, and mm -hmm. it's just, you know, use, um, I mean, we, we could have any kind of initiative. Let's, let's say we are trying to um, institute uh, what's referred to as authentic literacy practices school-wide. Okay, mm -hmm. great initiative, research-based. And authentic literacy talks about how we want every student able to read, write, and speak about the learning. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that that's happening in all the elements of the curriculum in every classroom. Great initiative. We've been told that uh, schools that practice authentic literacy this is probably the quickest and fastest way to high levels of achievement. Mm -hmm. Second, only to developing trusted relationships between leadership and teachers. Okay. So if that does not happen, what happens is teachers become uh, skeptical. Yeah. Um, they don't necessarily own the initiative that it feels like they're living in a in an autocratic environment. Well, well, leadership tells us we need to do this. And so we just do it. Now, there might be compliance, but there's not passion. Okay. And without passion, without ownership, short term success, if any. If we want systemic long-term long-term success in the initiatives we we want to uh, see happen in our schools or organizations, there has to be ownership. There's going to be buy-in. Well, that happens through trust. Without it, now folks are skeptical. They're like, "Oh, here comes one more thing we have to do." It becomes an obligation, not a vision, and that's where trusted leadership comes in. We have to be able to empower others to own wherever it is we're going rather than mandating it. Yeah, beautiful. So now here we are focusing on the students and teachers and uh, what part, what part do the parents have to pray? I mean, in all these. Well, I'm an absolute believer that it, actually the responsibility of education is the parents. Mm -hmm. That is my role as a dad. Um, yeah. I, I, now I may, uh, I may secure the services of a school and educators to help me with that, as most of us do, the vast majority, but it really needs to be seen as a partnership. And schools and school teachers and leaders need to understand that it's a partnership. Okay. Uh, and, and learning, you know, it's not a factory. You know, the schools are not just, you know, we're kicking out a product. It's an mm. art uh, the best of schools are personalized. You know, it's uh, well in the Christian world we talk about it's discipleship, right? Yeah. It's 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 where we're mentoring others. That's the best education, mm -hmm. uh, not just running through a textbook and passing a test. Though that's the most basic, in fact, the worst kind of education. The best is a partnership with parents and the child's aspirations and, and desires and helping them become who they are uh, to their fullest. And that takes a lot of parental um, uh, engagement as well. In fact, we've seen the higher the levels of parent engagement, the better the educational experience of the child. Mm -hmm. Now, there's exceptions to that, obviously. Um, but as a rule, um, the higher the level of the parent or the guardian, the better the experience is for the child. Oh, okay, beautiful. Now, 
could you be having a copy of your book uh, <laughs> with you just in case actually i um i do but it's oh, in the other room if you don't have it now no problem we're gonna tag it as we are moving on uh, this because i i wanted to see uh, the diagrams that you may put there that explains someone who doesn't know about the components of a bridge and you talked about some you can uh, you can give us an image throughout of how the, the bridge is going to be looking like because we also have other components that maybe you would touch uh, one or two others before we proceed because we talked about the foundation we talked about the sure. the, the ones that hold the foundations together well, on a bridge, a suspension bridge. So think about a large suspension bridge. They have what are called they're called bearings. And actually, as a driver, you know, or uh, you may not even be aware that these bearings, the bearings sit between the substructure and the deck of the bridge, and they're actually the moving parts of a suspension bridge. Mm -hmm. And they flex based on um, the the payload, uh, the 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 weather. You know, if there's high winds uh, in parts of the world where there's earthquakes, it actually is what keeps the bridge stable. Yeah. Well, in leadership, the bearings of trusted leadership is this ability to be flexible. Mm -hmm. But what we've also learned is in order to be flexible as a leader, you must be involved in the actual work of the school or the company or the organization. Mm -hmm. So what we've learned about trusted leaders do not sit behind multiple walls of secretaries, for example. Yeah. Um, trusted school leaders don't spend the day in their office. Mm -hmm. Trusted principals um, are they're in the hallways, they're in the classrooms, um, they are in the committee meetings that are talking about curriculum and instruction and assessment. These are trusted leaders. And what we find is these leaders gain the ability to be more flexible to meet the needs, the unique needs of their students, their teachers, their community, the more they're actually involved in the work. And so again, here's where a, a way that we can assess levels of trust mm -hmm. is just looking, okay, how flexible are you as a leader in your leadership style? Well, to determine that, we can also look at and how involved are you in the day-to-day -day work or if you feel the nuts and bolts of building the bridge. Trusted leaders don't do that from a distance. Yeah. They are intimately involved in the work. Mm -hmm. So that's the bearings of trust. Make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. That you've got if you've got to get it working, then you've got to work it. Right. Right. <laughs> you've got to be there. You, you, yeah, you've got to be there. Right. Yeah. You've got to be present. Uh -huh. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's not just about uh, spitting commands there, here and there, and just waiting for results. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Now, it certainly is the leader's job to help carve and ensure vision and direction is clear. Mm -hmm. That's the a role of leadership. But the work is done, you know, by the by the teachers and the staff or the employees, and it has to be theirs, and they have to have a voice in it, and and they need to be, you know, the old saying, hire well, empower well. Mm -hmm. So treat people as prof hire professionals, and then treat them as professionals. Mm. Another component of trusted leadership using the bridge analogy is what we call the girders of trust. Okay. Now, on a bridge, the girders are those beams that run along under, underneath the deck of the bridge. And what we find in bridge construction, those girders, they're different in length or width uh, and size 
based on the context and the setting of the bridge. Mm -hmm. So if it's a bridge that's built on a corner or it's a narrow or it's a wide bridge, or it's a long bridge, those girders look different. And here what we're talking about is that leadership ability, very similar to the bearings, but here we're talking about the skill set of contextualizing and adapting to these unique contexts of the school. And here's another key element that we've learned in the research, Anthony, mm -hmm. is that every school campus is unique. Every school campus is unique. And yeah. this is why statewide, countrywide, or even division-wide uh, goals and initiatives often fail because those leaders who are setting those initiatives, although well-intended, are not recognizing, again, what we know from the research, that every school campus must be dealt with uniquely. Mm -hmm. So every best practice that we're trying to initiate must be contextualized to that local setting. Mm -hmm. And that's a really uh, huge piece of, of leadership and trusted leadership is understanding and initiating and championing the idea that, okay, Here's what we want to accomplish, but to get there, we've got to contextualize it to our people, yeah. our culture, our customs, our unique limitations of whatever it may be and how we're operating. And that literally looks different on every school campus. Oh, good to know that. Because I was going to ask you about a personal question on my side. Where I come from, uh, in the recent past, we've had so much unrest in schools and so much destruction of property by the students. And uh, I was going to ask you, what do you think could be the cause? But then you kind of let me know that it's gonna be different from what you know yourself. <laughs> well, and it will be different uh, yeah. for every situation. But again, when you look at student unrest, where's it coming from? They don't trust their teachers or they yeah. don't trust the school leadership. It's mm -hmm. a trust issue is where yeah. that, that stems from. And, and, and again, when we go back and we look at what, what drives high levels of student achievement is student internal motivation. Mm -hmm. What drives student internal motivation is student engagement in learning. What's the number one factor that drives student engagement? Positive trusted relationship with their teacher. Oh. And what's the number one element of driving teacher engagement? Trusted leadership. Ah. It all goes back and connects there. So we've got to get that right so that we put teachers in a place where they're highly motivated, highly engaged to be in a right relationship, trusted relationship with students. When that's there, kid, you, you, in fact, we've seen some major studies on behavioral issues. So classroom discipline goes way, way down when trust levels are high. So focus there. In fact, one, one of the teachers that I had when I was a high school principal had zero strategies for classroom management because he didn't need them. Oh. <laughs> and why? Uh -huh. Because his kids loved him. Those students uh -huh. knew he was authentic. Mm -hmm. He cared for them personally. He contextualized the learning to their needs, their aspirations, their desires. He made it authentic. Yeah. He had literally zero behavior problems in his classroom. And yet those same kids in another classroom would be sent to my office frequently for being disruptive. Uh -huh. What was the difference? The difference was the trusted relationship with the yeah. teacher. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So when we look at disruptions going on at school campuses, they're really trust issues is what we need to look at. And then we have to, and, and, and the challenge there, Anthony, 
is trust takes time. It, it is not repaired quickly. Yeah. Uh, we, we're often looking, we want some quick answer. You know, we, uh, leaders often think, oh, we need to change a policy. Well, maybe, but you don't fix trust issues with a policy change. Mm. That's beautiful, beautiful. And uh, I think you need to go all around the country, not only the country, but all over the globe, letting people know that they need to bring trust into the institutions so that they may run smoothly. <laughs> but then you did Well, I've had the privilege and opportunity of 20 countries of the world so far. Oh, 20, 20 of them. Have you, have you been yes, to my country? Yes. I come from Kenya. Have you been to my country? To, to, Kenya, uh, Kenya. to Kenya, no, no. Yeah. I am working with a, um, a school consultant in Nigeria, but no, I have not made it yet to Kenya. I'm open to an invitation at any time. We need you there. <laughs> we need you there sooner than later. And, and I believe in other schools and in other countries too, that you're, you're really needed. But it's good that you came out with this book. You've given us this book. Well, and Anthony, if I may, um, you know, with the, yeah. if I may, with the pandemic, you know, most of the training has gone just doing what we're doing right here. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I literally have traveled very little over the last two years, yeah. um, but I've continued to work in about seven countries just in this last year. Um, so, and it's all being done through Zoom. Now, is it ideal? No, because in the best cases, you want your consultant to be on site at least once to see yeah. what's you know, what's really going on. But there's still a lot we can do and work on even through Zoom sessions. So, right, if you've got schools listening in Kenya, uh, please do contact me, reach out to me. I, I can assist you even without the travel and until the pandemic subsides. So there's a lot that we can help uh, just to give some, uh, some assessments and then some building blocks of how do we intentionally get to a better place, you know, across the bridge as it were. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. And I've also learned uh, that there is a, a tool you've come up with. Uh, please tell us about that. Right. So one of the things that came out of the research was, uh, first of all, how do we talk about trust and understand its complexities? But then another benefit of that was how to assess it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm always the first to say there is no such thing as a perfect assessment. Yeah. But I'm also a firm believer in data-informed decisions, data-informed planning. And so where do we get the data? So with the help of some folks, uh, very uh, a lot smarter than me, uh, uh, helped me put together uh, what we call the Trusted School Leader 360 Assessment. Okay. And this is a survey tool where school leaders, um, they share this assessment tool link. It's, it's all done virtually, uh, a link to their employees, the, the, the people that they are, are supporting and leading. And it's, a, it's an assessment on the leader. And there are 48 questions mm -hmm. that actually can be answered in about 10 to 12 minutes. So it doesn't take terribly long, mm -hmm. but it's giving a lot of information and every one of the questions is crafted out of the research. So we know that these are research-based practice-based and validated um, uh, questions. And then the, that information goes back and it basically gives us a scoring of where that leader is in these six components of trust. Okay. And using that data, we can then create an improvement plan and initiative action planning, as it were, for those leaders and their leadership teams. We can even identify some school-wide uh, um, improvement initiatives 
because the school is often a reflection of what's happening in the leadership. Yeah. And uh, so, yes, schools around the world are using, it's called the, the Trusted School Leader 360, or often abbreviated the TSL 360. Mm -hmm. uh, a company called Schoolrite out of Texas uh, hosts uh, the, uh, the assessment. But uh, your listeners can contact Schoolrite directly, or they can contact uh, me, and I can put them in contact with uh, with how to get the, the assessment done. It's it's very uh, the pricing on it uh, is made available for really any school in the world. Uh, there's actually a, a fluctuating rate based on the number of employees that you have. Uh, so the the company that hosted has made it very accessible, and it's really good data. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, it's it's been a wonderful tool to have. And then you know, what, like what we do in teaching, you know, we we'll do a baseline assessment of where students are at. Yeah. We provide instruction, or in mm -hmm. this case, we would provide some action planning, professional development, and then we reassess. And schools will use this 360 assessment about once every five months, and and it also creates just a a point of data to help us understand, okay, are we getting better? Uh, what do we do need to do next? And that, that's what gets to be really important is we know what best practice is. What we have to figure out is what's our next practice. In other words, what do we need to be focused on? There's so many things that leaders can be involved in. Often we're kind of overwhelmed with, oh, there's so much to fix. <laughs> well, this tool will help them identify, this is what we need to work on next. And what we do, then we have a very data-informed, research-informed um, guide to our leadership and our school improvement. And that's beautiful, because if we don't know where we are, then we may not know where we want to go. <laughs> so it's good that exactly. it's good to exactly. have a tool to assess yeah. uh, where we are exactly so that we can improve on the trust issues right. that we may, we may be having. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Anthony, we, we also have a free uh, self-assessment. Now, it's not it's not real data, but it is a, it's a good reflection tool. It's a good tool just to cause us to think yeah. and open the conversations about trust in our leadership. Mm -hmm. And if your listeners want access to that self-assessment tool, uh, I can give that information at the end, uh, or they can just contact me, uh, but that's free of charge. And it's just a, it, it literally just get online, answer some questions about yourself, and it will give you a self-rating on those six components of trust but it's a good place to start the conversation. Wonderful. Now, just give it, give it to us right now, right here. So how do we find it? Okay, so <laughs> I, I like- Yeah, so you can go to trusted, <laughs> you can go to trusted school. So yeah. trusted school, all one word, dot O-R-G or dot com. You can also go to my name, which is Toby Travis, just T-O-B-Y-T-R-A-V-I-S, either .com or .org. And, and that's where you'll find the information about the trusted framework. And there's a contact link there for reaching me. And, uh, and you'll find information about um, the, the training that we provide, the executive consulting and coaching services uh, that I provide. Um, but that's how you can reach me is again, trustedschool.org uh, or Toby Travis, just Google it and it'll find me. The book is available through Amazon. Uh, so it's currently available on Kindle and print. Uh, we are working on a Spanish version and an audio version, hopefully coming out in the next year, but it's currently available on Kindle or in print uh, anywhere that Amazon is available. Yeah, beautiful. So the book is Trust Ed, The Bridge to School Improvement. And it's been beautiful to have uh, Toby Travis with us. Tell us what is in the book, 
what we expect to get out of using the book. And uh, for any educator out there, any leader in an institution out there, this is your time to get this book because it's gonna help your institution, your leadership uh, very well. And, yeah, and Anthony, thank you for mentioning that. It's not just for schools. So the examples in the book are all school examples because that's primarily the work that I'm involved in. But yeah. the principles are universal. So I do have corporate clients and nonprofit groups. Uh, so these leadership principles are universal. So yes, the, the book examples are all about school improvement, um, but the same principles and applications could be made to a, a business, a corporation, uh, and again, a nonprofit organization. I, I think anyone in leadership will find value uh, in the book. And it's good that you mentioned that because uh, in every institution, every household, every yeah. organization, yeah. trust is the number one thing. Now, if we lack trust, then <laughs> we are done. So. These principles and components that have been explained in the book, whoever, whomever you are, if you are concerned with knowing how to restore, how to build trust, then go get the book. <laughs> not, it's not just about the example that I've been used about a school, then, uh, I mean, you can utilize, utilize it in any way, uh, whatever you are. We, I even dedicate, there's a, a whole chapter on restoring trust. Okay. And, and, and there we talk about four um, elements or four um, commitments is the verbiage that we use in the book uh, that came out of the research again. Okay, if, we, if trust has been broken, mm -hmm. can it be restored? And if so, how do we do that? And, and again, the application you'll find there is not just school related. In fact, we use a lot of uh, even personal applications. And, um, and I think your readers or your viewers will, will find that helpful as well. You know, if you're in a situation where either you've inherited a situation of broken trust or you have broken trust. I mean, we're all human. We all make mistakes. It happens. Yeah, sure. how, do, how do we intentionally take the next steps to restore it? What does that look like? Uh, we provide a guidance on that in the book as well. Can you give us a, a, a clue without giving us everything? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, one of the, well, I, I mentioned uh, a little bit earlier that trust takes time. Yes. So one of the things we talk about, or I talk about in the book on that chapter, Restoring Trust, is trust is restored by making promises and keeping commitments over uh -huh. time. So what I, when I'm consulting or coaching someone, uh, coaching a leader where maybe trust has been broken, I say, okay, what, what promises can you make in this next week that you can fulfill and deliver on within the next week or two? Mm -hmm. So it's not big, grandiose promises that'll make a difference. It's make little commitments and carry through. Make little commitments, carry through. Do this consistently and trust is rebuilt. So it's make promises, keep them. And, and here, I, I always have to make little promises and it's okay. Yeah. Um, where leaders think, well, I, you know, I've got to come up with some you know, big initiative that I got to fix and, and maybe, but the way to build trust is on a daily basis of, hey, let me get that done for you. Help, help an employee by solving a problem for them and doing it rapidly and thoroughly. Um, you know, as a leader, 
really my job as a superintendent of schools right now is to solve the problems of my principals, right? It's like principals come to me, tell me what your issue, what your issues are, what your challenges are. And my job is to try to fix those problems, or find solutions for them as quickly as possible. And, and so if you, you become the problem solver for others, this is how you build trust. So that would be an example of one of those steps is make promises and keep them rapidly and consistently. That's one of the keys to restoring trust. Right. Another would be extending trust to others. Okay. What we've learned through the research is the more I trust you, Anthony, the more you're going to trust me. Yeah. And so as a leader, the more I entrust uh, my employees, that I, again, hire well, empower well, hire people you can trust and trust them, let them do their job mm -hmm. and empower them, you know, distribute leadership as much and disperse the leadership responsibilities as much as possible. And the more you trust others and treat them as professionals, the more they're going to trust you. So there you go. There's, there's two of them. Oh, beautiful. Uh, and I got that. I mean, it's in the little details, those, those details that we may tend to ignore. They are the ones that matter in the big picture. <laughs> they are. You know, I'll give even one more you know, very practical example. Yeah. Do not solve problems via email. Mm. We talk about this in the book quite a bit. And I, 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 I train on this when I'm doing school trainings or leadership trainings. You want to increase um, the, the health of a work environment. Put into your grievance policy. Almost every company or organization has a grievance policy. You know how problems are solved. Yeah. Put in your grievance policy that that grievances may not be submitted via email. Now they may be in writing, but they must be presented in person. And so, in the organizations that I have led and, and those that I have consulted for, I, I encourage. Okay, no longer permit people to dump on others in email because it's toxic. But rather, if I receive an email from someone who is just lambasting somebody or me, right, and they're complaining, the only response I will put in that email is, thank you for sharing your concern with me. Let's set up a time to talk. Do not engage in problem solving in the email, and you will elevate your level of trust. Value relationship, value conversations, value people. And what you find, it, it, it improves the work environment. It improves relationships because we're not just dumping on each other by, you know, what we're, what we're screaming at each other through a text. This is a cultural thing that has happened around the world, which has really destroyed many relationships. It's destroyed organizations and work environments because we've let people get away with it. Stop it. Don't let yourself be involved in it. Make it a norm of your community that, no, 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 we value each other as persons we're going to talk and deal with our problems and issues in person, face to face. That will build trust. And it's good that you've mentioned that. Now you've reminded me of something that happened right here today. I received a text from a high ranking person, someone with a big organization. And we are in conversation in the text. But as we are exchanging text, I'm asking myself, is this for real? Am I, am I texting with this person? And there's, there's that luck. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's one of their secretaries that is texting me. Yeah. I'm saying, how can I believe unless that person 
at, at, at some point of the conversation, that person left me a voice note instead of text. And then I said, oh, so this is the person I'm communicating with. Now, if, it, if you send an email, just like you're sending, there's so much in between that cannot be filled, the gaps that cannot oh, be yeah. filled, the bridge could be missing. Right. Yes. <laughs> so for you True. to bridge it through, it's good that you be there in person. Uh, if not sending a voice note like uh, that person sent me, then be there in person is going to be uh, very authentic. It's going to build that trust much more than just exchanging some mail. So I agree. Yeah. And we've all gotten so good at this. Right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, whether it's Zoom or some other platform, this is readily accessible to almost everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it, this is the next best thing to us both sitting together in, in a coffee shop having this conversation, right? Yeah. Uh, and anybody can access this. There is no reason for us to just be doing all this, this texting business. Now, again, I think email and text is great for information. Yeah. Right. Great for sharing information. Wonderful mm -hmm. tool. Use it every day. But it's a terrible tool for problem solving. Yeah. And that, that's the differentiation I'm trying to bring here is don't try to solve problems uh, or issues because you, 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 as you mentioned, Andy, you, 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 can't, you can't figure out the nuances of, of feelings, emotions, intentions yeah. in a text message. And yeah. often they're misread. You know, yeah. people putting things in all caps, right? You think they're screaming at you, right? <laughs> yeah. um, right. It's, um, anyway, it, it's one of the practical elements we talk about in the book, or I talk about in the book, yeah. uh, is, no, here, here's a practical implement, implementation of what getting greater clarity and order looks like uh, mm. in, in your setting. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Now, that's so good. Uh, thank you for sharing us uh, with us uh, your book, uh, Trust Ed, and we should go and get to read it in order that we may get all those information, all the information that is inside there that we can uh, build trust or restore trust. I also want to thank all our viewers out there, those who are watching live and those who are going to watch the recorded version. And at this point, let me thank one, Christina Antoniathu. She's a good follower of this uh, uh, program episode and this program especially. And she says so many good truths and she's thanking you. Oh, thank you for listening and appreciate the feedback. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> once again, it's, uh, a great honor that you've uh, stayed with us and you've given us this uh, insight into trust, <laughs> building trust, restoring trust. And uh, whomever has heard this is going to apply in their own lives, in their own institutions, or in their own families. Uh, but before we go, I always ask you to leave us with a parting shot. And those words that you'd like us to remember you with. The number one indicator, as I said earlier, to not just school success, but as you mentioned, Anthony, to personal success, relationship success, is trust. Yeah. And and if and it doesn't just happen, uh, we must be intentional in developing trust, maintaining it, protecting it and doing sometimes the hard work of restoring it. But when we do, we will and we do find success in our relationships, 
in our personal growth, in our work, in our aspirations. It is the key issue. Um, and uh, so it's uh, my, again, my pleasure to help so many uh, with this. Yeah, I have benefited personally. I can tell you all kinds of personal stories. Uh, I've, I've not always, um, uh, you know, been as trusted as I would desire to be, to be very authentic, right? The, uh, I've had to learn how to become a better listener. And yeah. there are skill sets that I've had to develop as well. And it's true for all of us. Mm -hmm. uh, but when we do, oh, the rewards are are amazing. So yeah. be trusted is uh, kind of my parting shot. Thank you very much. Thank you, Toby. It's been such a wonderful time. And yes, it's true that we all have points in our lives where we have to work on. And if this is going to be trust, and if we work on it and stick with it and build it, restore it, then we are going to be the best people, the best version of ourselves. So thank you very much yet again. It's been a pleasure having you on our show. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, thank you.